control. Something we think we have. Dreams. The hopes we hold dear. Most of the time we feel like we could have control over our dreams. But that's a farce. A disillusionment. A lie. On today's podcast, we're going to buckle up with my friend Anne-Marie, and we will discuss about who is really in control of everything. And if you need any hints, it's not us. Hi, all. I'm Brittany Bostick, and joining me today is my friend Anne-Marie Ainsworth. Hey! Anne-Marie is a labor and delivery nurse, wife, new mom, and a very talented singer. I'm talking four chair turns, the voice. <laughs> <laughs> and we are so blessed to have her lead us from platform, you know, every Sunday for worship. Really great Thanks. to have her. Anne-Marie has an incredible story to share, and I think it's really going to help us understand this idea of the Lord's sovereignty. So what started this journey for you? So the first few weeks of nursing school, I had just this really sharp pain, the kind of pain that takes you to your knees. Like I said, I just started nursing school. You can't miss a day or it's like, well, there you go. You're out. And so I was terrified. But my sweet, sweet teacher, Miss Kim Allen, real cool now. I actually work alongside her at the labor unit um, at Glenwood. But anyway, she said, Amory, go home, go rest, go take a bath, whatever. And so whenever I left, it was just awful excruciating pain, like nothing was relieving it. So my aunt and my mom, they were like, let's just go get it checked out. You know, the worst case scenario, because my thing is I didn't want to look dumb. I was like, it's like when you take your car to go get it checked out, it's not making that noise anymore. Mm -hmm. I promise it was. Yes, exactly. I was like, I don't want to look dumb. They're like, okay, well, what if there's nothing? Then there's nothing. That's great. You know, I'm like, okay, that's fine. So we go and they end up finding a mass on my ovary. Like, what was the first thing that went through your mind when you're like, you know, they told you, like, you have this mass? Yeah. Well, obviously, it's going to go away. It surely it couldn't happen to me. You know, yeah. like, that's just, I don't mm-hmm. know. So what were the next steps after, like, finding out about that? They put me on birth control. Basically, it's like turning your phone off and back on, kind of like resetting it. Uh-huh. So they thought, if we do this, that'll kind of shut all of that stuff down. So it won't give the mass any like nutrients to grow, yeah, to you grow. know? Okay. Exactly. So okay. it's kind of shut it down. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, they continued, of course, to monitor the size. And um, so I'd go for regular checkups to see like, is it growing or is it just staying where it is? And it just continued to grow little by little. But you got to remember too, a little bit goes a long way when an ovary is about the size of an almond. Okay. So we need to have surgery. And mm-hmm. so what does that look like? When is this going to happen? Uh, which it ended up happening in the summer. This, I found the mass or I didn't the the doctors found the mass yes, yeah. I didn't do nothing in February of 2019 and mm-hmm. then in uh, July 18th of that same year of 2019 oh, okay. that's when I had the surgery and whenever they did do that they went in and they also found out that I have endometriosis because that can only be diagnosed with surgery oh wow the lining of the uterus so on the inside think of it like the inside of your purse okay. you have like the inside lining well that's the endometrial tissue good stuff okay okay when it grows on the outside, not good. Yeah, well, I guess I'm glad they found it. Were they able to like... Yes, so whenever they went in for surgery, they cleaned it all up. So then it was just hoping that it doesn't come back before... Oh, so that can happen again. Yeah, well, and a lot of times whenever I found out whenever you get pregnant, that's a big reset. And sometimes it doesn't come back after you have a baby. Yeah, I heard that about pregnancy in general. Like you might come in with uh, some type of quote-unquote defect. Uh-huh. And then, and then it's reset. reset. Yeah. <laughs> Miracle of having birth. <laughs> yes, exactly. And so, like, were you and Zach engaged at this time? At this point, whenever we found the mask, that was February, we were not engaged. Mm-hmm. Um, then April came, and we got engaged. Woo-hoo. And then fast forward, when I had the surgery, of course, we were engaged. 
how do all of that, like finding all this stuff out and how did that make you feel? Honestly, God gave me the biggest peace. And sometimes I even feel weird saying that because it's like, oh, you just want to sound really spiritual. You know, yeah. I, I'm like, no, this is not me. You know, in scripture, it talks about, you know, a peace that expresses all understanding. And I think about that, like when it comes to like losing a family member or something mm-hmm. like that. But I never, as far as my life, walked through something where legit had no control, you know, like other things like school, you can work hard enough to get into a school yeah. or get good grades. But this I had no control over it. You know, like I did all the right things. We did the medicine, we did the surgery, all the things, but mm-hmm. I had no control over it. So when I say God gave me the peace, it was nothing that was my own works. It was completely out of my control. Was Zach with you on that? Like, oh, yeah. But then also at Santa, he's like, so what does this mean? You know, it yeah. could, especially as a guy yeah. and it's not you, you know, like I'm thinking I have no control. Zach's really thinking he has no control. because It's not even his own body. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, man. But I'm glad you had him there with you. That, oh, you know, absolutely. I feel like it kind of changes the game since at this mm-hmm. point you are engaged. Yeah. Like starting that journey of being that togetherness. Exactly. So. Yeah. Because then you start yeah. wondering, okay, when it is that time, what is to start a family whenever we get married? Mm-hmm. Like, what's that going to look like? You know, because yeah. again, I have no control. It's out of our hands. Mm-hmm. We have no idea what our future holds as far as that. So before you go into surgery, like, what were your thoughts? Like, did you pray for anything specific or? Yeah. So I really just prayed that God's will would happen. And like I said, I just had this overwhelming peace. I, I kept playing the song, It Is Will. It just really resonated with me that it is going to be okay. It is going to be right. Is that exactly how God desires it to be? Because I was praying for His will to happen. So that became my desire. But did you ever feel like your dream of being a mom was being taken from you? Oh, yeah. Being a mom, that was my number one desire. And I know that God knew that. That was just scary. I knew that people with endometriosis can have kids. Like, I know that. Does it make it harder a lot of times? Absolutely. Does it make it harder when you only have one ovary? Absolutely. So again, here's another science lesson for you. Your body takes turns ovulating each month. So mm-hmm. when the uh, the normal woman with two ovaries has 12 chances out of the year to be able to get pregnant, I, now I'm cut in half. I only have six chances, you know? Oh, wow. I did not know that. <laughs> Lots of science this morning. There you go. Here's your OB lesson. <laughs> yeah. Okay. <laughs> but so that's the thing. I knew it was possible, but it was like, how long is this going to take? Yeah. You know, I always picture myself, I'm going to be a young mom. I'm going to start early. Mm-hmm. We're going to have lots of babies. But then I'm like, what if that's not in the cards for us? You know, yeah. at that point, can I say, is God still good? You know, but you have that song that you're clinging to. Yes, right absolutely. Well. So you're just kind of clinging to the sovereignty. Absolutely. That was that was the biggest thing. I know we talked before about just clinging to his will above my own and that God is sovereign, not based off of my own circumstances. How do you define that? Yeah. So God is sovereign. That means that he has the authority over all. Thank goodness. It's not based off of others. It's not based off of my works. It's not based off of circumstances. Like that does not change. And I think we'd be honest with ourselves. Like if God's sovereignty was able to be diminished based off of me and you, then we don't really serve that big of a God if it it can change based off of us. But Mm -hmm. thank the Lord, it's not based off of us Mm because I know I fail on the regular, you know, and so thank goodness His sovereignty, He has authority over all and that's not circumstantial. Yeah, so like complete control. Mm -hmm. I like control. (laughs) Oh, yeah. (laughs) Uh, So before the world humbled me, and I I say it that way, because when I was a much younger person, I was like, I can can handle the law. Yes. Throw it at me. (laughs) What? Throw it at me. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I used to be, so before all that, I used to be like the five-year and 10-plan girl. I had it all planned, and mm -mm. (laughs) mm-mm. 
Exactly. <laughs> so, um, but yeah, I had to give that up. And just in some ways, it was like a great peace knowing that I don't have to have it all. Oh, absolutely. Like it's not all, all on me. Mm-hmm. That someone else has it up there all figured out for me. Was there anything else that helped to give you peace? Yeah. So God placed people in my life to just speak life into me and speak God's truth into my life. I was actually at a wedding shower. This was uh, the spring before our one-year anniversary. Sweet, sweet, sweet Miss Ellen Allums, who I've heard of for forever. And but my mom, she's like, oh, Amory, there's Miss Ellen. I want you to, I want to introduce you to her. So we go over there and we start talking. And then in the middle of us sharing each other's stories, then we realize, one, we both have endometriosis. And she shared her story of, you know, getting pregnant with all of her children. And, um, and then fast forward, she all of a sudden, in the middle of our conversation, and we're literally in tears at this point. <laughs> In the middle of a shower, a shower. literally. I know, I'm like, <laughs> yeah. in the middle of the living room, but she's opened her presence and we're just crying off to the side. Um, but anyway, she said, Amory, I didn't, again, we don't know each other. I knew of her, but I mean, that's it. Yeah. We'd never met. And she said, Amory, this morning, God gave me the scripture and I'm sitting there going, okay, God, who's this for? Who's this for? And he's like, just wait in my time. I'll, I'll reveal it to you. And fast forward, we're at this shower and she's like, Amory, God gave me scripture this morning and it's for you. And it was Genesis 30, 22. And it's talking about Rachel. 3022 says, God remembered her and he opened her womb. And I just remember when she's saying that, all I could think, it was just like, God remembers me. You know, he has not forgotten me. Like, I don't know what our plans look like whenever it's time to start having a kid and like what that's going to look like. But God remembers me. You know, I'm not forgotten. Exactly. Yeah. Man, that's awesome. You know, and just to recap a little bit on Rachel's story, if you don't remember her from the Bible. So Jacob had married Rachel's, well, he was supposed to marry Rachel because that's the one he loved. (laughs) He got tricked into marrying her older sister first, Leah. Then he was able to marry Rachel, but then Rachel was barren for a while. Mm -hmm. But then eventually he did remember Rachel because she cried out to him. Yeah. And she was able to have her children too. Man, that's just awesome that that word was given Mm -hmm. to you. Yeah, because sometimes you read scripture and there's certain things that I know we can claim, like God Mm -hmm. gives us promises that are for us. And then sometimes there's scripture and that was a promise for Rachel, you know, and mm-hmm. and I would selfishly before, you know, God was so clear that this was for me, I would want to claim that. But then it's like, that was for Rachel. That doesn't yeah. mean that it's written for me, you know. Mm-hmm. And so it was very cool to know, like, God spoke this and he said, this is for Amory too. Okay, so um, what happened next? Like, what's the timeline, you know, between the surgery, your engagement, and then, you know, your marriage to Zach? July 18th, that was the day of my surgery in 2019. And then fast forward, Zach and I got married in May of 2020. And then July 18th, again, while we're married, that's the same day that we got to go see our baby on the ultrasound for the first time. I mean, like to the day. Great. That's awesome. So like, how did your pregnancy go? Literally, after I found out that I was pregnant, couple days later after we started, and I don't mean start telling everybody, but just our immediate family, you know, sharing that we're, you know, we're expecting a baby, so excited. And then boom, it hits me. I'm at church on Sunday and I just have all this bleeding and that lasted for a little over 12 hours. Of course, I'm freaking out, calling some of my friends that are nurses and nurse practitioners. And it's not how I wanted to tell you, Becca, but dot, 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 um, just trying to figure out what's going on. Is this what I think it could be? Or is Mm -hmm. this 
at all any way I could justify as normal. And I know a little bit because I'm a nurse, but I'm like, please just tell me I'm wrong. So that was a big thing. And then two, I ended up getting COVID. Oh, I literally, the C word, (laughs) I get COVID. Uh, And this is right when we were finding out what the gender was. I'm like, we're supposed to be having a big fun party with everyone around us and hugging, you know, excited and celebrating. And now we can't even hug nobody. (laughs) Mm. How did you handle that? It's just a lot. <laughs> oh, yeah. The scariest thing for me was, you know, the bleeding. And then whenever mm-hmm. I got COVID, of, I see a lot of stuff at work. Mm-hmm. And I was like, you know, your mind wonders, mm-hmm. you know, and you start to have doubts and fears. And so one of the things I had to re- think back to, and my mom, she just continually insisted, Amory, remember back, remember back, remember back. The first, uh, whenever I found out I was pregnant, I called. I didn't want to tell my mom or my sisters or even Zach yet, like, because I wanted to that to be like a fun surprise. Yeah. Um, so I was like, who, who am I going to tell? And so uh, I called Miss Ellen Allums, who rewind back to the wedding shower. That's who I spoke to mm-hmm. then. She, you know, celebrated with me over the phone, was so excited. And she said, Amory, God's given you a word. It's Psalm 91. And I'll be just very honest with you. Okay. Amory, being straightforward. I'm super excited, super like, what in the world's going on? And I was just in a blur and I'm and I'm thinking, okay, Psalm 91, and I kind of put it in my back pocket. I figure out, you know, mm-hmm. how I'm going to tell Zach, go get all the things, you know, whatever. I get home and after me and Zach, I told him, mm-hmm. then uh, we're going walking. I'm like, oh, I forgot. Miss Ellen told us to look up Psalm 91. And that's a verse. That's a, the whole passage. Like that's one that most people know. But in that moment of that blur, I'm not thinking exactly what it is. I'll just yeah. be honest with you. And so I'm thinking, surely it's something like praising God for His great work. Works, you know, yeah. like something celebratory. I just knew it. Well, then we read it and I'm super thankful. But in the moment it was, so I'm reading it, Psalm 91, and it talks about he who dwells in the shelter of the Most High will rest in the shadow of the Almighty. Later on, it talks about he'll cover you with his feathers under his wings, you'll find refuge. And just being straightforward, I told Zach, I said, I'm not going to lie, I didn't think this was going to be the passage. Yeah, does you know? it really fit me right now? I don't, maybe she's out of tune with God, you know. You know uh, I don't think this is I don't know, I was just like, yeah. well. And then I was like, you know, maybe it's just, I'm supposed to, you know, pray for a healthy pregnancy. And of course, this yeah. is before I had any bleeding or anything. And so back to on how to... I combat that doubt and fear. My mom kept reminding me, Amory, Miss Ellen gave you that passage from the Lord for a reason. You know, like God mm-hmm. used her and spoke through her for a reason. Cling to that because it is so easy to cling to what ifs. Like yeah. your mind just doubts and wonders and you're like, mm-hmm. well, what if this happens? Well, what if that happens? And then, like I said, especially me working at the hospital, I see a lot of stuff. And so mm-hmm. I'm like, well, what if that happens? It's easy to cling to what ifs. And those are not definites, you know, but what I do know is that the scripture that, you know, he has in scripture for us, I'm supposed to cling to that. And that was a yeah. definite, you yeah, know, you're fighting words. Um, exactly. Ellie Holcomb. Do you know who she uh-huh. is? Yeah. She's a, um, a singer, songwriter, artist. She has a song called fighting words and I love it. Cause oh. it's, it's using, that's what it's talking yes. about. Using your scripture, using God's truth to like, that's good. to fight stuff like that. Out. Exactly. Yeah, so I'm, I'm really glad you had that. Yeah. I definitely <laughs> had to claim that just safety and protection and coverage of his wings. You know, it talks about his feathers. His wings will cover you, not just for myself, but for my son. Was there anything else uh, that helped you or that gave you strength? Because, you know, being pregnant, you're pregnant for a long time. Yep. (laughs) So, like, (laughs) you know, some things you can get, oh, that helps you for, like, a week, Uh maybe a month. But after a month or two, you're like, I need some Uh extra juice. So, like, was there anything else there that helped you not go insane? So, I focused on the goodness of God, um, which actually not just 
focusing on his goodness, but the song Goodness of God. Two other songs that uh, meant a lot to me I mentioned earlier was It Is Well With My Soul. And then the song Rattle. Um, I shared this recently with with some friends. The day that I was at church and had all that bleeding, we led Mm -hmm. that song Rattle. It is so, so powerful. Some of the words that it, that it says, uh, it talks about live, and, and we chant it almost back and forth, mm-hmm. back and forth. The worship leader in the choir, back and forth. And then the bridge is my favorite, favorite part that I really just cling to. I, when I tell you, I sang it over and over and over again. Just this one little part through tears. I mean, whether it's sitting on my bathroom floor or, you know, huddled up in the fetal position in the bed, you know, mm-hmm. um, it says, my God is able to save and deliver and heal and restore anything that he wants to. And so I mm, would sing that yeah. over and over again, because I had to remember he has the final say, not the blood that I'm having, but the blood of Jesus. Mm, that's a good word right there. So you mentioned you also focused on the goodness of God, like the song, but I'm sure it also mentions yeah. like, the goodness of God. Exactly. What do you mean by that? Like, how did you focus on his goodness? Yes. I think a big part of that is reflecting back on his faithfulness, that it's not circumstantial, that God's with us through both the very good times and both the very hard times, that thank goodness that his nearness is not based off of that. So I had to really remember and and think back to when has God been good and faithful in my life and and just cling to those moments and remember that he's been faithful then and he was good to me then and he's going to be faithful and good to me now. Is that how you felt like he was showing his sovereignty to you in your life? Oh, absolutely. Because I've said it so many times, but it's not based off of us. It's not based off of of our works. And it's easy to cling to the what ifs. I had to keep just going back and rerouting back to His Word and just submitting to the idea that He is sovereign overall. And that means even if all of the bad things and even if all the good things, even if my ovary does get removed, even if I don't get pregnant, even if I don't carry full term, God's sovereignty is not based off of that. And again, thank goodness it's not because our world is broken and messed up and I don't want it to be based off of our world. Thank goodness it's based off of His goodness and just His divine authority. So, so good. Such a hard thing to remember though, especially in the the middle of it. Yes, it's like even if His sovereignty is not at all based off of my circumstances. But why do you think it's hard for us to trust that God is in control? Do you think it has something to do with trusting that He really loves us? I think a big part of that is that our eyes and our mindset is so earthly because, again, like that's what we do day to day. You know, we live with broken people and we are broken people. I'm first to admit that. So when we think back to how trust and love works with us here on earth, it's based off of works. And so if someone wrongs me or or if I'm not doing a, a good enough job, you know, like for while you're at work, if you don't do a good job, then your boss loses trust in you. If in a relationship and trust is broken, it's really hard to think, do they really love me? And if I don't feel loved, then I'm not going to trust that person fully. So I think that's a big part of it is that on earth, it's based off of works. It's not unconditional, honestly. Yeah, that's a good uh, viewpoint. Because I just know for me, like if I'm just, I went through a season like a few years ago, that's like, does God really love me? Mm-hmm. That kind of thing. And like, I'm not really feeling it. Yeah. You kind of leave me out in the wind here. <laughs> <laughs> but I just, at, at one point I had to like go and like write it on like mirrors and on the wall. Like, you know, even if I don't see it or feel it, like yeah. God does love me. And then all this kind of makes me think of Joseph. He mm-hmm. really is the Cinderella of the Bible. Yeah. He went through some tough stuff, like his own 
family sold him into slavery, mm-hmm. wrongfully imprisoned for something he didn't do. You know, he helped people while he was in prison and they still kept him there and were forgotten there for a number of years. All that happened to him. But what's interesting about it, and like as we as readers of the Bible, like we can look at it and we know that each and every one of those things were for a divine purpose. Yeah. And they were for his good. Um, because at the end of the story, like, you know, Joseph is number two of Egypt and ruling it and, mm-hmm. you know, has all this wealth and this great family and there is a reunion story in there with his brothers and him are reunited. But the thing is like, he doesn't know any of that. So like for me, that's always a great reminder. I think it's great to have those things in the Bible to read about, but even more so when they do happen to us too, to say like, to kind of confirm that, yeah, God really is in control. And even when I'm not feeling it, Mm -hmm. (laughs) I'm in in this snake pit. (laughs) Uh, My ovaries being removed. (laughs) I'm not feeling it, but no, but God, does love me. And yeah. I can trust that his control is for not only his good, but my good too. Yeah. When I think too, like his goodness may not be good things, you know, as far mm-hmm. as what we see, like those yeah. things that happened to Joseph, they weren't good things, but no. overall they were for his well being, Joseph's, but and they showed God's goodness in his life. This has been a really loaded interview. <laughs> so, so rich in hope, you know, and hopefully so rich in, in encouragement to you. Yeah, this has been so, so much fun. I was really glad I got to come. Well, thanks for coming out. Yeah, I've enjoyed you coming over. Neighbor, she's, y'all, she's kind of my neighbor. We didn't know it for a while, (laughs) but we're kind of neighbors, so. Right through the woods. (laughs) Yeah. My name is Anne-Marie, and this is my story of the middle. Thanks for listening. Um, I'm your host, Brandy Bostic, and uh, you've been listening to the Up From The Muck podcast. Psalm 42. He brought me up from the desolate pit, out of the muddy clay, and he set my feet on a rock, making my steps secure. Thank you.